Because winning's hard. Really, really hard. All right, it's finally here. Texas, Oklahoma week. The Red River robbery the last few years. Uh, it's been a little bit more enjoyable for Oklahoma fans than Texas fans. But Westcott, I'm feeling strangely optimistic. Welcome back to the Monday edition of the Winning is Hard podcast. You know what's not hard for Steve Sarkeesian? Winning. You know what else isn't hard? Giving the ball to your best player, Bijan Robinson, man. Yeah, um, Bijan Robinson with um, 35 carries against TCU for 216 yards, two rushing touchdowns. Uh, remarkable performance by by Bijan. And, and I think, um, you know, what he did wasn't necessarily surprising because – you know, it's it's been obvious for a while that he that he has big time performances in him. But um, you know, the most impressive thing with you know questions about his durability coming into this season, obviously kind of criminally underutilized at the end of last year. But you know, it was also a guy who didn't typically receive a lot of carries in high school either. So you know, I think after the game, he said that you know that's the most carries that he's ever had. Um, and you know, Sark said that he was pretty exhausted after the game, but. Um, you know, there may be kind of a consequence of his running style where he's just so hard to um, get big hits on that, um, you know, there weren't any parts of the game where he looked fatigued or, you know, was even slow to get up after being tackled. Only 86 carries last year. He's at 105 this year, and we've only played five games. Yeah, um, obviously, uh, Sark has followed through on on his promises, um, you know, to use Bijan more frequently. And I think that may be um, a big reason why, uh, you know, the use of RPOs is much lower than expected coming into the season. Because, um, you know, the issue if you have a running back like Bijan is that then the defense gets to decide where the football goes. And, um, you know, so I think that, you know, Sark has moved away from from the RPOs being a really big part of his offense to make sure that um, he can get Bijan the ball when he wants to. And I believe Bijan's second in the NCAA in rushing right now, only behind Michigan State's running back. I can't remember his name. I think his last name is Stewart. But, yes, second in rushing. I think that's exactly what Texas fans were hoping for. Maybe not even the lead NCAA in rushing, but just to get the ball. And TCU's defense just – had no answer for him. And I really appreciated uh, Gary Patterson paying homage to Tom Herman this week. It was very nice of him to give the ball to Zach Evans only uh, 15 times. And I enjoyed how Sarkeesian paid homage to Herman and Charlie Strong in this game as well by uh, kicking all these field goals and having all these penalties. So it was really touching this weekend to see in the, the Big 12 farewell tour for Texas. <laughs> yeah, no, it was um, pretty laughable, I thought, after the game that Gary Patterson was saying that Zach Evans didn't get the ball more because he was he was tired during the game with 15 carries. I mean, I know that they do ask him to run some downfield passing routes and that, you know, he's a pretty big part of, of the running game, serving as a, a blocker at times for Max Duggan, a role that he, um, you know, accomplished pretty effectively, you know, I thought. But, you know, if there's a debate going into the game about, you know, which running back is better. Um, I'm not sure that that was entirely um, um, entirely solved. Um, you know, I think they're they're kind of different players. You know, Zach Evans has put on quite a bit of weight this year. 
um, about 20 pounds or so. He's running, you know, a lot tougher. He's more of an inside guy in the TCU scheme. And, you know, his explosiveness um, getting vertical in, in the running game is, is really remarkable. I still, you know, haven't seen some of the, the lateral ability um, that we know that that he has based on, you know, his shuttle time. Um, you know, Bijan definitely a better fit and, and more of an outside zone game, you know, guy who can, you know, really move, you know, laterally to, to get outside and take advantage of the edge. And then just so remarkable um, in the open field, you know, with his ability to make defenders miss, saw a spin move, saw him finish run strong. So, I mean, I, I thought I thought Bijan was the best player on the field in part because Zach Evans wasn't on the field um, quite as much. But, um, you know, what do you think about the comparison between those the two backs coming out of this game? I think both are going to have a bright future in the NFL on Sundays. I mean, Zach Evans, I was scared when he got the ball, and I think that tells everything you need to know about him. And I'm sure TCU fans were scared to see Bijan get the ball. Um, both were very impressive. I mean, Bijan's Bijan's and Zach Evans. Um, he showed why you know he was the number one ranked prospect in high school for a long time. And you know, the off the field issues really, I think, diminished where he could have ended up at Georgia or Texas A&M. But man, he looked incredible at TCU. 15 carries, average 7.5 yards per carry. Max Duggan ended up with more carries than him, only 33 yards. That's one thing that stands out to me when I look at the box score is that Max Duggan, who who led TCU in rushing the last two times against Texas, only finished with 33 yards, and his longest run was 10. But that's a, a different story. But, yeah, I mean, I came out of that game just very impressed with both running backs, like everyone else did. No conclusions on the winning is hard podcast. No conclusions. That's right. Just we're just talking. No conclusions. <laughs> just talking. But I mean, they're, they're both different running backs, right? And I think you know the argument of who's who's better. You know, it's stupid to me. I think both are really good, and I I would take both right now out of any running back in the country. I think. Yeah, and so I, I think it comes down to you know what type of scheme you're running. Um, certainly, you know that there's a good. Um, overlap between the Texas offensive line, you know, outside zone is the best running play um, for them to block. And, and Bijan Robinson is, you know, I, I think pretty clearly the premier outside zone runner in the country. Um, TCU doesn't use as much, uh, you know, outside zone or, you know, really try to get Zach Evans on the perimeter, which I, I think is a mistake by them. Um, but he's he's a great fit in, in their interior running game with, um, you know, the, the decisiveness that he has and, and just the um, the explosiveness. You know, he, he's a guy who reaches top speed really quickly, can make kind of the subtle moves in the open field that can, that can blow up angles. And so, you know, I, I think Texas has, um, you know, the best fit for, for what they're good at. And I mean, if, if you need to pick up some some tough yardage between you know those two guys uh Bijan Robinson made it pretty clear that that he's capable of doing that even though you know I'm not sure that he's the best running back on the team to use you know on the goal line in a, a fourth and goal situation from the one uh where he got stopped this weekend and just that third down run to ice the game where it should have been maybe a one or two yard gain ended up being a first down I think that's the highlight clip that just shows you who Bijan Robinson is he's just and the, incredible and the confidence from from Sark as well using them on on third and nine you know another big third down that uh, that Bijan picked up a little bit before that so we're talking about how good Bijan's been now let's switch over to the passing game Casey Thompson probably his 
worst game in his short Texas career. 12 for 22, 142 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception, a 54 QBR rating from him. Just what did you see from, from Casey Thompson on Saturday, Westcott? Yeah, I think you have to start with, um, you know, him not really getting very much help from his wide receivers. Uh, Xavier Worthy certainly, you know, had his worst worst game of his young, you know, Longhorns career, had I think three balls um, that hit him in the hands that he could have caught, only had one catch on on five targets. And then I think the offensive line, particularly Christian Jones on the left side, had a couple uh, big mistakes early in the game. And, um, you know, after after two starts where, you know, Casey Thompson didn't really have to deal with very much pressure, um, you know, I don't think it was a situation like Hudson Card against Arkansas where he just really lost his eye discipline. Um, but I thought he wasn't quite as comfortable um, in the pocket. And, you know, the, one of those throws to Worthy, I believe, um, you know, I, I thought his footwork um, broke down a little bit, which is, you know, kind of a sign for uh, someone so focused on on self-scouting and and really honing his mechanics. I, th- I thought that was a little bit um, indicative of, of a guy who wasn't um, really completely confident. But, um, you know, the big issue remains that Texas just hasn't been able to hit those those long explosive plays consistently that really take the top off the defense. Uh, Jordan Whittington had a 37-yard reception, uh, just really remarkable catch. Um, he's sort of been more of a of a third down guy, kind of working over the middle, um, you know, kind of a, a possession receiver. But that was, uh, I thought, good to see a little bit of explosiveness vertically um, from him. And then Texas was able to get a pass interference penalty. I thought Xavier Worthy got held um, or was interfered with um, on the interception that, that Casey Thompson threw. Um, and then, you know, a couple other balls that, you know, Casey Thompson um, overthrew wide receivers who were open. I think that was uh, Worthy once and then uh, Joshua Moore on another one. Um, you know, on one hand, it's certainly better to overthrow uh, your wide receiver than to underthrow it on, on a pass uh downfield like that that could easily result in an interception um, but that that's something that Texas is going to continue working on you know I think Sark believes that they're close I think they're pretty close too but um, that may be the the area where um, Oklahoma is the most vulnerable um, they've only given up they haven't given up any runs over 20 yards and then they've been really stingy on on first and second down so and I would expect Sark to, um, you know, be pretty stubborn about taking some of those shot plays against Oklahoma, um, trying to trying to create uh, those big explosive plays down the field, and and just try to get uh, the Oklahoma safeties, uh, you know, up backed off from uh, the line of scrimmage so that they have a little bit of room to run. Yeah, and Sark said today that the passing game was out of sync against TCU, but they they still have to take those shots downfield, and and that, I think that's key against Oklahoma on Saturday. Skylar Thompson coming into that game had only thrown over 300 yards once in his career. He threw for 320, I think, against Oklahoma. So definitely need a better performance from Casey Thompson. But Xavier Worthy had a tough game. It just seemed like he wasn't very comfortable either. The whole whole team seemed didn't seem comfortable except for Bijan. And I don't know if that's just because it was Gary Patterson. He had a, had a really good scheme. Obviously, he did a good job blitzing, taking advantage of a Texas offensive line that, you know, been up and down all year over just, you know, maybe just a bad game or it's a road game. And, you know, when you think about Texas beating TCU, they've only won twice since they came to the Big 12. That's a crazy stat. And now as we get into 
Big 12 play. Casey Thompson, he's been here for three years. He's been here for the last two TCU losses. He's been here for all these Texas losses that have just been, you know, mind-blowing. Like, how do you lose to a team like this? So I think the go in and the beat TCU, even if TCU isn't the greatest team in the country, but they still win on the road, a team that it's their Super Bowl, right? To play Texas, they're going to get fired up no matter what. And in previous years, that's the game that Texas loses, you know? It's, it's a game against Texas Tech that they don't, you know, they don't blow them out. And so I think we're starting to see, you know, Sark kind of turn turn the tide, right, with this roster, with, with the locker room. It just seems like a, a different Texas program. Yeah, and I, I thought, um, you know, responding to the big kickoff return early uh, was super important for Texas. Um, they didn't score a touchdown on the ensuing drive, but they, they marched down the field. They got a field goal, um, and they were able to sort of – keep that one bad play from spiraling into multiple bad plays. kind of those here we go again moments that happen so often um, at the end of the Mac Brown era. And then during uh, Charlie Strong's uh, tenure as a head coach. And, you know, I also thought that the fact that Texas could win despite, you know, they forced three turnovers, uh, two of them really just poor giveaways by TCU that weren't forced at all um, had a dropped interception uh, when Brockermeyer and, and DeMarvey and Overshawn were kind of battling for the ball when, um, you know, if one of them had just, uh, you know, kind of let go, that would have been an interception. But only only nine points scored off those turnovers. And I think in a lot of previous years, if, if Texas had failed to convert those points into turnovers or had so many red zone drives where they, they came away without scoring touchdowns, um, I think those – typically, um, you know, have added up to losses in uh, the recent history of this football program. Yeah, I agree. Well, we can wrap up here uh, with the news that came out today. Denzel Okafor out for the season. Senior left guard. So the shift that Sark went with against TCU, we'll see. He keeps it for Oklahoma. But so Christian Jones at left tackle, Kersetter at left guard, Jake Majors at center, Angelau at right guard, and Carrick at right tackle. Do you think this is the same five that he'll go with forward? And is this the same five that you like for this Texas offense? Uh, yes, on both counts. Um, you know, Hayden Connor looks like he's, you know, the the next man up at this point. Uh, not as much as ex- experience as, as Carrick. Um, you know, I, I thought he's played pretty well. Um, he's, he's athletic. He has good feet. Um, he's known for, for being a tough player. Um, he fits well uh, in the outside zone scheme, um, you know, as he made apparent with the playing time that he got down the stretch last season. Um, I thought the offensive line um, really kind of steadied itself after after he came in the game. Um, I, I don't think that's all attributed to, to him and, and moving uh, Kurt Stetter over to left guard. Um, but, you know, the only sack that was given up by Christian Jones was before Carrick came in the game. Um, you know, he wasn't giving up um, – you know, giving up tackles for loss or, or hits on the quarterback. And so um, I, I think the offensive line probably has um, a little bit more long-term upside uh, with Carrick um, within that group now and, and Kerstetter uh, being more steady at left guard. And, um, you know, they might already be better, even though, you know, Sark was quick to mention that he thought that Okafor has been improving, even though it's his sixth year in the program. Yeah, there were some times where the O-line didn't look great against TCU, but again, Patterson's a heavy blitzer. They, I think they did a pretty good job considering what Bijan's stat line was in Texas being able to run the ball mostly at will 
about five yards per carry against TCU. So I think it's good signs to see that the O-line didn't break down, but I don't didn't expect it would with Carrick. And even if Connor has to come in at times this season, I still I think it's good for long-term for this Texas offense. Yeah, um, you know, two things on the offensive line. Um, Bijan only had one run that went for negative yardage. Um, so Texas kind of avoiding, you know, those negative or very short gains that, that put them behind the chains and averaged um, eight yards per carry on first down against CCU. I think that's, that's good, right? Is that, is that good? Only one negative <laughs> yard run? Yeah, I think that's pretty okay. good. Cool. Any other uh, thoughts before we, we close out? No, I'm just glad we didn't have to be the winningest really, really hard podcast today. It's just really tough out there. That's it. Ask cool. We'll be back Friday, probably a little bit more in-depth on Oklahoma. I think that's a good big game. Not really sure. A couple undefeated team, another team time for the big total title. But, yeah, we'll be back Friday, a little bit more in-depth. And uh, anything else you want to plug this week coming out on burnorigination.com? Nope. Just keep it tuned for all your Texas sports needs. Great. Remember, if you have any questions, reply on Twitter, reply in the thread. There's like an 80% chance we don't remember to look at it, but you know, hopefully that goes down as we get further and further into the season. Westcott, good talking to you, man. All right, thanks, Ken. You'll be good this week. Yes, sir. Winning's hard, really, really hard.